Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Friday, February 14th, or Monday, February 14th edition of Bobcat Radio. Bobcat Radio, the show where we talk everything sports related from Texas State Sports and San Marcos High School Athletics. I'm your host, Noel Phillips, joined by producer Jordan Young and co-host Bandera Barter. By the way, for those out there who have any questions or comments, feel free to call the studio at 512-245-3473. That's 512-245-FIRE. Follow KTSW Sports on Twitter and Instagram. But to cap off this Monday after the Super Bowl, could honestly be a holiday other than Valentine's Day, Super Bowl Monday. But we're going to recap the Super Bowl at the end of the show. We're going to go over the Texas State men's and women's basketball over the weekend and preview some softball and baseball later on in the show. Also including some San Marcos High School into the regular season against Westlake and boys. You know, we got a pretty packed show after the Super Bowl. It's always fun to preview the Super Bowl I did on Friday and then to come in on Monday and talk about what we saw over the weekend, not only in the Super Bowl, but with Texas State sports. So we're going to lead it off with some Texas State men's and women's basketball. They both capped off wins against ULM, University of Louisiana, Monroe. The women's team beat them 66-58 to on Saturday. And the men's team won 63-54 to on Saturday as well. So... You know, both teams able to pick up wins against L.A. Lafayette and L.A. Monroe. So the whole state of Louisiana kind of hates the Sun Belt right now. And Bandera and Jordan, what do you guys think after the word from our sponsor? Twin Speaks Restaurants and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound Francis Road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Texas. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burger sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. All right, boys. So back on to Texas State men's and women's basketball. Like I said, what are you guys' thoughts after the weekend? Yeah, I thought that was a great win by the men's team against uh, ULM, especially coming out in the second half. It was real close in the first half, 30-29 to 29 going into halftime. But right after that, they came out real hot. I think uh, they went on like an 11-0 run, and then they scored the first uh, – 15 or the, the first 11 out of the first 15 I believe and then after that it really just wasn't much of a game for UL, ULM uh, especially from uh, Shelby Adams he had a great game with 17 points and uh, two three-pointers playing 34 minutes same from Isaiah Small playing about 33 minutes both of them had a really good game kind of typical that you see from them but I thought especially after the the first half the adjustments that the coach was able to make they, they came out really good played really well it was kind of a surprising quiet game from Mason Harrell he's used to leading this team I'd say usually in points but like you said the big game by Shelby Adams was able to kind of pick up about what Mason Harrell was not able to so Jordan what are your thoughts you know what's great to me is that this win put them in number one in the Sunbone Conference and if you know anything about the story of this team they've been climbing and climbing to that spot now and for them to finally begin it with their last few games of the season about to head into that Sunbelt Conference tournament down there in Pensacola Florida this team is really budding at a perfect time and it 
like I just said, it is not. It is a great time for them to be at the number one spot. Like the t- this team has been, they wanted to get into the Sunbelt Conference Championship and they wanted to win it. That was their goal this season. They set out on to that mission, and right now they're in the perfect spot to accomplish that goal. So I am really excited for what they did against ULM, and I'm excited for their game against Thursday to see what this team can do heading forward for the rest of their season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the two biggest numbers that stand out are their five game win streak and they're also their record at home, which is ten and one. It'll be interesting to see what they're able to do heading out through the season because they will be here at home against Arkansas State on Thursday and then they'll be home again with Little Rock coming to San Marcos and then to cap off the season they go on a two-game road streak so we'll see what they're able to do at the end of the season of course on the road which their home record or the home record is 21 10 and 1 and their away record away record goodness you know valentine's day is getting to my my talking <laughs> ability apparently my their away record is five and five so it's even so we'll see if they continue that even away and then obviously see if they're still dominant at home and kind of to segue over to the women's basketball team they're also extremely hot they picked up wins against little rock arkansas state coastal carolina before playing this two game kind of little louisiana series against la lafayette winning in overtime obviously the buzzer beater called by jacob Romy. That was a great game to watch. And then for being them, courtside for that game was fantastic. The crowd was amazing. And to shoot that shot, the ball hit her shoulder. She didn't even know it hit her hands. She just tossed it up in there. It was a great win. Yeah, I believe that. Was that a blackout game? It was, No, a pink out game. Pink out game. It was That's a right. cancer awareness game. Yeah. I mean, you got to see, you got to give props to Dan Corley, the, ath- the athletic director. He's starting to put on these events. And you can see kind of the culture shift that he's already brought to the Texas State and Athletics. Speaking about that, I got a text message this morning from the athletic department talking about they want an all-time attendance for the game this week. or This this week. So all those Texas State fans out there, go to the game and go support your Bobcats. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Like we said, the women's team is also on a five-game win streak. At home, they're six and four away, seven and seven. And to the end out their season, they'll be playing App State this Saturday. They have a little bit of a break, a five day break before they head to North Carolina. Then they'll be back here against Arkansas State and Little Rock to wrap out the end of the season. So, kind of to cap off both of their regular seasons, what are you guys' expectations for both teams heading kind of into this March, kind of this little Sun Belt tournament that we're going to be able to see? When I watch the girls, I think I've made this reference before. I feel like I'm watching a telenovela. You just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, the, in a telenovela, the grandma, well, she's having an affair with the brother-in-law now. Like, that is how I feel watching this women's basketball team. Against uh, they, the game this weekend, they were on a 13-game losing streak, the team that they faced. If someone can correct me, I lost their name. Um, they were on a 13-game um, losing streak, and it was a competitive game against the Bobcats. And that's the same thing it was against Louisiana, against the buzzer beater. Honestly, that game shouldn't have come to a buzzer beater, but since, for whatever reason, the Tech State women's basketball team, that second quarter, they always have a steep drop in their play in that second quarter, and they have to claw back in the third and fourth quarter. And so this team, they're extremely inconsistent. So that 8-4 and four record, it is filled with a lot of close wins right there. And so going into this, ter- this ch- uh, tournament in March in Florida, just like the boys— they're going to have to be able to play more consistent play. These teams, they're all gunning for you. They all want that same thing in that conference championship. And you can't play inconsistent basketball and on the biggest stage like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Consistency is key. But uh, like you said earlier with the boys team, they've been getting hot right now. And I think the girls team are kind of doing the same thing. Uh, like we said, they're on a five-game win streak. And the, the first three of those games were pretty close, uh, winning by four, five, and then uh, five points again. But then right after that uh, overtime win, the buzzer beater, they came out and they played pretty hot against uh, – they had a really good second half. Or 
comeback against L.A. Monroe or whenever L.A. Monroe started coming back in the second half, they started playing really well. So it seems like they're really starting to catch their groove, and if they can just ride this long and then especially play the defense that they were playing uh, in these wins, if they can just keep that consistent, I think that that's all they need to do going forward. Yeah, I totally believe. I think the two biggest stats that point out to me against this oh, with this women's team is that they've been able to hold their opponents to like single digit three pointers and then also the women's team has been getting to the line at a consistent rate and hitting those with very high percentage rate like they'll be able to get to the free throw line and able to convert on those free throws which are huge I mean those are essentially free baskets that you're able to get from 10 feet and we can really credit that to Lauren Thompson Denasia Hood they play some really aggressive basketball Lauren um, Thompson was actually the player who made that uh, that buzzer beater against Louisiana and that's because she's in the paint and when she's in the paint she's aggressive she's fighting for rebounds and that is really where those second chance opportunities come for Denasia Hood and Kennedy Taylor to really get out there and score that basketball and like you said this defense is suffocating they they had 20 turnovers. They forced 20 turnovers in a game this season. Like, 20 turnovers mm-hmm. in a game this season. That is insane. So, like you guys said, they do play inconsistent. But to me, that also shows just the, the heart that this team has. They can claw themselves down in the win. And I asked Kenny Taylor in a press conference, like, last week. I was like, what do you guys do to stay so calm? You get down in all these games. And just like this one, you were down. And you never were flustered. You felt like you were always in this game. And she said she credits that to the sisterhood that her and her teammates have. And just the coaching that um, Coach Z gives them. And so... Like Bandera and like you'd said, um, Nolan, this team is budding at the perfect time, and I'm really excited to see what they do in March. Absolutely. So we'll we'll be able to cover them as we head into the March. But, you know, it's obviously Valentine's Day, and we'll return after the break to te- talk over Texas State men's and women's softball and baseball. So we'll be right back. And welcome back to this Valentine's Monday, February 14th edition of Bobcat Radio. And, boys, we've already talked some Texas State basketball kind of – change of the season change of the weather we're going to be heading out to the baseball and softball diamonds as the softball team has already started their preseason games and baseball right around the corner on february 18th so kind of to recap what the softball team has been able to done they play a new mexico state university tournament where they played new mexico state in two games they were able to pick up wins 10 to 2 in five innings and 14 to 2 in five innings and then obviously dropped the game against oregon state yesterday in New Mexico where they lost one to six and they will be playing a game on Thursday February 17th here in San Marcos against the Oregon Ducks that one is brought to you by Fairfield Inn and Suites Marriott before they go to the University of Houston tournament on Saturday so kind of this team is I would say up there in the Texas State Athletics rankings they're obviously a star-studded team and led by coach Kat Connor and this team, like I said, it's exciting to watch. I love calling their games, and I can't be more excited for the season to come. What are your guys' thoughts? You know, Nolan, baseball and softball wasn't really a big part of my childhood. <laughs> but I'm starting to grow now, obviously, since I work for KTSW, and I plan on calling some games this season. And from what I've heard, if this, the softball and baseball teams have been really successful the last few years. Like you said, they're definitely up there in the, the top epsilon programs that we had. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the softball team make it to the tournament mm-hmm. last year? Yeah. And they... They unfortunately got beat by the Longhorns, but that just goes to show you what this softball team and this baseball team, the potential that they have. So I'm like you said, I'm really excited to call these games this season. The first game for the boys is this fr- Friday on the 18th. So I'm really excited for the season when what it holds for them. Yeah, I'm really excited for this baseball and softball team, too, especially like like you said, Jordan, we've had a history of being pretty good in, in baseball and softball the past five years and even more than that. Uh, but specifically in softball, uh, 
I really like this team, and I like how many runs they can score. They're, they're very dynamic. Like you said, they had 14 and five innings, and then 10 and five innings as well. Specifically, uh, Sarah Vanderford, her, she's got it. She's a really big hitter. She hit the home run uh, in that one run in the Oregon State uh, loss, uh, six to one. But she 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 could really hit the ball. There's a bunch of other girls. Anna Jones uh, is a really good hitter as well. So is uh, Piper Randolph. Uh, both of them had two hits in that Oregon State game as well. So yeah, this team's very dynamic. They just uh, need to play a little more consistently. Just continue to get runs because their defense is. It's pretty consistent so far, so as long as they can put runs on the board, I think they've got a good chance of winning every game. Absolutely. You nailed one of the two pillars of this team, Sarah Vanderford. Also alongside her is Jessica Mullins. They were selected to the 15-member 2022 Sunbelt Conference preseason all-conference team on the 3rd of February. So we'll see what they're able to do. Obviously, they've already kicked off their season and kind of switching over to men's baseball. They start their season on the 18th against Utah Valley. They'll play a four-game series here in San Marcos and you know I couldn't be more excited for this team as well I, I covered them a lot last season and they were extremely successful in the year before COVID and they kind of took that little step back the season after COVID but they all have came in with a stronger team they had one of the top um ent entering teams I get what's I forgot the word I'm blanking on like the word. returning um, recruiting class recruiting oh, class yeah, there you go I can't believe I'm blanking today um, but they had one of the it's highest yeah that's very true they had one of the highest recruiting classes in Texas State baseball and they have a lot of young guys alongside Justin Thompson who's obviously their stud on the hot corner at third base so kind of to preview this season what do you guys think the baseball team is going to be able to do as they start their long season yeah, like you said, uh, they did kind of have a down year after coming back from COVID. But I, uh, I think, like uh, as well as you said, the recruiting class is really good and the best we've had in the past three or four years or so. And uh, that should really help, especially just you know coming back from COVID, consistent practicing. Uh, I've, I've got, I have a lot of high hopes for this team. Mm -hmm. Jordan, as long as they can keep continuing with the success that they have built on in the past, and like you guys said, with this recruiting class that we just brought in, I do think we'll be extremely successful. And I say this all the time. We have really good sports programs right here in Texas State, and our fans are really just come out and support them this season. Go support our softball and baseball teams. They're going to put up a good show for you guys this spring, and we just, just support them and cheer them on as they look to fight for another fight in the NCAA tournament. Or don't they call it the College World Series? College World Series. Very nice. Yeah. So obviously, go out and support your Bobcats. I'm sure we'll have Coach Trout on Later on in the season, we were able to have him, I believe, in December, if not November. And that was a great interview. If you can go look that up, he was able to talk about this team. And I think the, the weak spot is that they need to refine their pitching. And that's obviously their struggles of the last two seasons. And I think the baseball team should take a bit of offense that they're one of the few schools that didn't have any preseason honors from the Sunbelt Conference. I agree. Remember that. This is the entire season while you're fighting for a chance in the College World Series. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe the coaches poll for the Sunbelt Conference ranked them seventh. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that should definitely be a chip on their shoulder coming in this season. And speaking about chips on the shoulders, could swing over to the Super Bowl with the ultimate chip on their shoulder. Joe yes. Burrow, I guess you could say, picked up the L in the 23-20 to game as the Los Angeles Rams have officially won the 2022 Super Bowl and won't have a first-round pick till 2027, so no incoming people on that new squad, but were able to pick up the win, traded for Matt Stafford before the season, traded for Von Miller during the season, signed OBJ during the season, and after all those moves, unfor or not unfortunately, we're fortunate to pick up the Lombardi Trophy, gave up everything to get that one trophy, and we'll see what they're able to do, but 
Well, uh, if you guys want to recap the game, we can go over the game. Oh, before we recap the game, I just want to say this. The Rams going to this game, I was like, if you do not win the Super Bowl, all these trades, you try to rate your future for nothing. Well, guess what? The last two Super Bowl teams are teams that all bought in, got veteran quarterbacks, and they built around them, and they built to win now. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a new formula in the NFL to win championships. But, Nolan, go ahead and recap this fantastic game that we witnessed. Well, I mean, you said it best is that, it's kind of turning into the NBA. Trade for whatever you can and then see what happened. Like you said, the last couple teams that have won the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay last year, Kansas City built that super team around uh, Patrick Mahomes. New England's always been New England, and then that Philadelphia yeah. squad was able to put together, I mean, the Brady beat squad, I guess you could say, or the dog, the dog house, I think they called it, where they always wearing the dog masks and kind of... Where dreams and nightmares was their intro into every game. <laughs> that was a fantastic season. You know, I used to dream for times like this to grind like that, so I <laughs> Eat milk bars in the morning? <laughs> hey, you know, it's kind of early on a Monday. But, I mean, Cooper Cup able to pick up the finals, or not finals MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, and he's the first receiver since Julian Edelman did against the Falcons. Yeah, I was... Or the Rams, I'm sorry. Talking about the Rams, but... Yeah, I was really surprised about that, him picking up the MVP. We were talking about this a little bit before, air, but just, I really... I, I know what Cooper Cup's done this whole season, but after that game I was expecting Aaron Donald to get it especially after that last play mm -hmm. just because like yeah Cooper Cup does completely carry this offense but I feel like Aaron Donald like carries this team I feel like this is more his team like leadership wise than Cooper Cup or even Matthew Stafford or anything like that so yeah I was a little surprised Cooper Cup won not disappointed or upset but just surprised I would say well on the topic of him winning the MVP well let's you know kind of discuss why he kind of won the MVP because the Bengals' defense, the fourth quarter in that last game-winning drive, and I want to throw this out, Matt Stafford, um, he is number seventh all-time in fourth quarter game-winning drives, uh, and he showed it last night in that thing in the, in the fourth quarter. But the Bengals played a zone defense against um, Cooper Cup, and I know Bendera. We had a little, we had a little bet, yeah. little wager on this game. I collected my money. I was not. A, <laughs> I collected I was not my happy money. About that, that zone um, but defense in the fourth quarter. He was yelling. I was like, "Why are they playing zone? Why are they playing zone?" And I was thinking, think like, "Why were they playing zone?" Well, it's because before Odell Beckham got hurt. He was scorching them in man coverage in the beginning of that game. And so I'm sure they were a bit afraid. He's like, I don't know if we can do that. Because even though the, the Rams offense was kind of hampered, they only had one starting um, offensive player in there with Cooper Cup. They, they were down to their fourth string wide receiver, a backup tight end. Like yeah. They were playing with just a puzzle pieces of players that they could find on the sideline. And they found a way to win. But the Bengals defense, they really did. They kind of stunk it up, up, up there in that fourth quarter. And Joe Burrow. Man, I'm so sorry. Seven sacks? Seven. Seven sacks, y'all. It probably would have been more, but he threw out of a lot of them. You know, maybe the Bengals take after the Rams and trade, you know, five first-round picks to re-bolster the offensive line. They I think to. Kansas City just did it. You That's remember true. Patrick Mahomes was out there running for his life in that last Super Bowl, <laughs> and they went and revamped their entire offensive line. And if the Bengals want to repeat the success, you can't. That last play, I don't know, or that, that one of those last sacks, Remember his leg oh. got like bent, yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. see the video. He was yelling, yelling. You cannot keep risking that. You well, can't keep risking that. I mean, they risked it last season, and then I was team Penae Sewell over Jamar Chase, but obviously that looks like it was they made the right pick. But I mean, you you at least eventually have to get an offensive line for Joe Burrow. Josh Allen has an offensive line. Patrick Mahomes has an offensive line, and also in the other LA team, the Chargers, they've gotten Herb Herbert his offensive line, and he was able to show out this season as well. But kind of 
my overall takings from the game were the matchups. I mean, it was such a good game for matchups. You had the number nine quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. You had Von Miller and Aaron Donald against that Bengals offensive line that, you know, I, unironically, I can't name anyone on that offensive line because none Spain. Of I only can remember last yeah, name Spain because the whole game beat Aaron the whole Donald. Aaron Donald's tearing them up, <laughs> whooping them up. And then obviously Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey. That was a fun one to watch uh, with Jamar's one-handed catch down the sideline to set up their first score. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm excited for the NFL. This is going to be one of the craziest off seasons of all time. So if you guys want to talk the off season for a little bit near the end of the show. Before we talk about the offseason, I'm glad that you did drop some Meek Mill bars in the <laughs> beginning there because the halftime show, it was all hip-hop, all rap, really showed out for, for the hip-hop community. It was all L.A.-centric. Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Upside Down. Then you had the rap queen, Mary J. Blige, coming out there doing her hits. And then Dr. Dre, and then Kendrick Lamar, and then Eminem. I mean, the, the rap legends just continue. And so the Meek Mill um, lyrics were fitting for the Super Bowl, honestly. Thanks. I, I tried. Jordan you know with my extensive knowledge as I put up the air quotes of, of rap is isn't very isn't very big but I at least know some Meek Mill but like you said the halftime show I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed it the set was awesome they came out and surprised with 50 Cent and then obviously you know I had to rep my boy Slim Shady they had a little bit of technical difficulties on his set but they were able to you know swing around with lose yourself in the music yes Mom spaghetti. So and all the and speaking of mom spaghetti, the moms lost their minds that's during the halftime show. I've seen all the videos on TikTok. The moms lost their minds. I think they. I think they were saying this is Gen X's favorite Super Bowl. Halftime it was. Show. That's that. They were living their best lives mm -hmm. when they were kicking it. So kind of heading into the off season, this is going to be one of the craziest off seasons of all time. Obviously, the biggest name of who knows what's going to happen is Aaron Rodgers. You also have some tr problems in Seattle with Russell Wilson. And then obviously my team, I hope they get a quarterback in the Pittsburgh football Steelers. But if you could pick one move of this offseason that you wish could happen, or even if you're theorizing what could happen, what would they be? Um, this is just a shot in the dark, uh, something that I am praying for. But uh, how about Aaron Rodgers to the Cowboys? Oh, boy. Uh, how, did, how does anybody feel about that? Oh, boy. I don't think it's going to happen. I, Listen, I don't think it's going to happen. It sounds like another delusional Cowboys take. <laughs> I didn't say I think it was going to happen, but it's just what us Cowboy fans have to do. Because I, I'm i not sure. I love Dak Prescott. Yeah. I like him a lot. I, yeah, I love him. Eh, yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I go back and forth on how I feel about that Dak Prescott, but I just I feel like we need something more dynamic on this Cowboys team, especially just like the way it's built right now, especially with Zeke in the backfield making so much money, taking up so much of the cap. I just don't know if we can win a Super Bowl as currently constructed, especially our defense is solid, more solid than it's ever been. I just think we need, I don't know, maybe Aaron Rodgers on the offense to do it. I have a few offseason things that I am interested in. One, Tom Brady might come back. I think we all saw that clip on the podcast. He clearly is taking this day by day, week by week, and his wife, Giselle, forced him to retire. So hopefully he can sweet talk him with one more vacation to Bora Bora, and she'll let him play one more season. So I that might be on the horizon. Russell Wilson has been vocal that he is not happy in Seattle for a very long time. Um, their head coach, I can't remember his name right Pete now, Carroll. Pete Carroll, I think his time has kind of passed him. The offense, it looks mundane. The defense isn't really doing what it needs to do anymore. So I honestly, I can see either a Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson trade or Pete Carroll getting fired. And uh, one thing I don't think will happen, but apparently this is on a lot of people's mind, is Aaron Donald retiring. And I don't want to see it happen, but that is another possible thing to do. I mean, that could happen. He would join the list of people that have 
quit essentially early in their career. Other names are like Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. And I'm, I think that's the Detroit effect. Matt Stafford probably could have retired if this trade didn't go through. But it'll be definitely interesting to see what Aaron Donald does. But my favorite, I mean, I'd love for the Steelers to pick up a quarterback. I already said that, and I've said it on other shows. But I'm interested to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do at quarterback because they did draft, I believe, Kyle Trask from Florida last season. But there have been some discussions about them picking up or testing the waters with Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do because that team is still built to win. Obviously, Chris Godwin's a free agent. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. And I don't I don't know if anyone on that defense is a free agent. But that team is obviously constructed to win now. They, they were able to make it to the, <clears throat> the NFC Championship for two seasons and then obviously a Super Bowl. But the missing piece was obviously Tom Brady and see if they re-bolster that quarterback position. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd be very interested to see what any other quarterback plays like in that offense and with that team. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, would be a great fit. He, you know, can play just about as smart as Tom Brady, but even more dynamic, can run the ball a little bit, adds a little something to that offense that they didn't already have. Uh, but then it... Uh, I, I don't know about their their rookie or not the rookie but their new quarterback that they drafted Kyle Trask. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure if he's ready. I mean, we haven't really seen him in a game yet just because you know Tom Brady's taking all the snaps and even in practice, you know, I'm not sure how how many snaps he's getting. But I think that any quarterback that goes into there is going to have a great team around mm -hmm. them and that have a good chance of winning. Another thing that I'm looking forward to this offseason this doesn't even deal with personnel changes. I want to see what the attitude is of, of the Bills, of the Buffalo Bills players. You keep hitting this brick wall in Kansas City, and you if we all know the history of the Bills. They were one of the teams that went to four Super Bowls and lost to all four. Bills Mafia, unfortunately, is used to pain and suffering, even when they're great. And right now they're going through another era. And to me, I just hopefully that those players don't lose any energy and hope that they can't get over the, the curse of Patrick Mahomes. So I'm interested to see what the narrative is coming out of Buffalo Bills. If they come out hungry or do they have a bit of a defeatist tone um, going into next season? I definitely agree. I think the Bills have been uber conservative over this last couple of seasons with their draft picks. They're obviously traded for Stephon Diggs, and that was able to get them into the AFC Championship the last two seasons. But it's going to be interesting to see if they do take this like new Rams approach that we talked about earlier on to see if they go out and spend even more draft compensation to get maybe a player on defense or to upgrade the offensive line, get themselves a pass rusher. That's obviously a team that we're going to be talking about for seasons to come in that bolstered AFC. I mean, you talk about the young quarterbacks in the AFC. It's going to be, you know, so entertaining to watch for for 10 plus seasons, probably so. That'll do it for our NFL coverage. And before we end the show, we just wanted to shout out the San Marcos High School basketball team as they'll be ending their regular seasons against Westlake tomorrow. And Jordan, do you know who's on the call tomorrow? Uh, we have Gage Sutton and Jacob Aromi on the call. So we got two of the two of the greats on there for KTSW. Yeah, two all-stars on the broadcast. So, boys, from our Valentine's Day coverage from Jordan Young, Mandara Barter, and Nolan Phillips. This has been our Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day edition of Bobcat Radio and Super Bowl Monday. So that'll do it, and let's get you to the other side of radio. <laughs>